Hello, everyone. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? What's going on? Not much, Dylan. What's going on with you? Not a lot. Welcome back to the Greyfields Podcast. Hello, it's fine. We'll stay with the breath. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because uh, you make me giggle, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet nothings. Um, so how are you guys? I hope you guys are well. We've been well. We've just been, you know, doing the usual thing. Bit of quarantine, bit of uni, bit of that, bit of this. Bit of uni, mate. Lots try, of uni, yeah. Lots of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're glad you've joined us for another episode today. Yeah, thanks for giving us your time. Mm, we hope it's valuable and worthwhile. Um, yeah. No, would you like to uh, tell them about a little special surprise we have for them coming up? Oh, I would love to, Dylan. That's good. So next week, um, we are talking about a passage about rules for Christian households. And it talks a little bit about um, what the Bible has to say about um, just, a, just a Christian family. And we thought it would be a great idea to get a close friend of ours who is um, who we've known through church and through just doing life together and uh, growing together. Um, her name is Jaylee. She's a beast. She is... Woo-hoo. She is a married woman, and we thought that would be good to get <laughs> a woman and someone who is married, because just, you know, 18-year-old boys talking about yeah. family roles, not really... Not really relevant. Yeah. Well, not relevant, but we're just not very experienced, so we thought yeah. we'd get a friend in. So that's going to be exciting. That'll be out next week. That's so next week. Get a little bit excited for that. Yeah, And you yeah, have to yeah. listen to this one, so then you know about that yeah. one, because if you don't listen to this one, you won't know about that. That's happens, right. So yeah. Yeah. Catch 22. That's it. Awesome. So I reckon I'm just going to crack onto a prayer, brother, and then we'll get into it. Yeah. Awesome. Go. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you have given us that we can spend in your word and learning more about you, your character, your love um, for us. I thank you for the privilege that it is that we have access to your word and that we have the means of this technology to get your word out in this way. Lord, I just ask that you guide us in this, help us understand you more deeply, and Lord, I just pray that you're glorified for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Do you say amen or amen, Dylan? I think it it depends on how I'm feeling. Yeah? Amen. Amen. I reckon when I'm feeling classy, I send the amen. Yeah. And then when I'm feeling a bit liberal, I send the amen. (laughs) Yeah, just a bit, yeah, (laughs) just feeling a bit loose. (laughs) Yeah. I reckon most of the time it's amen, though. Yeah, yeah. Very rarely will I go, amen. Yeah, well, that's why I asked, because I just haven't really recalled a time where you've said that. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do it next time and see if you notice. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen out next week to see if Dylan says amen or amen, amen. in his prayer. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, the text that we're reading today is Colossians 3, 1 to 17, and it's called Put on the New Self in the ESV Bible. Mm-hmm. Should I read it today, Dylan? I'd love you to. Okay. Um, Yeah, just read along with us. Uh, Colossians 3, 1, put on the new self. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. 
Do not lie to one another, seeing, sorry, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. You said amen? I <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Thanks cool. for that. You're welcome. Let's crack on. Let's crack on. Let's crack into it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I paused for this. Here we go. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So what does that mean, Dylan? Yeah, I think this is a good place to start obviously because that's where the passage starts <laughs> wow that was wow uh so here paul is talking and again makes the contrast that we saw in our previous passage with the therefore uh comparing that to our aliveness in christ that was horrendous english it says if then you have been raised with christ seek the things that are above so he's assuming now or contrasting them so if you have been raised so it's it's an action thing you know, if you have been raised, then you should be doing this. Yeah. So it's this idea that uh, you have been raised with Christ. You have been made alive in Christ, as we've seen earlier in um, the book of Colossians. Therefore, let no one disqualify you. Therefore, think of the things that are above. Yeah, totally. And also, I think just in the context of this passage, in the first four verses, um, Paul really talks about um, knowing God's love for you and the salvation that you have um, and centering your lives around Christ. And then he talks about like how that should affect us. And I think that's also an important thing um, to talk about before we even start talking about what the rest of the passage has to say, Mm -hmm. because Paul is not saying you have to do these things in order to be saved, because if that was the case, both I certainly wouldn't be saved. I don't think Dylan would be saved. Definitely not. And I'd be surprised if you were saved. Yeah. I don't know you, but I'd be very surprised. Um, but I think um, it's really important that we get our mind around this, that um, because that Christ has done that for us, then this is, this is how we should respond. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have then been raised with Christ, if Christ has made you alive, as we learned earlier in Colossians in 2 verse 6, um, then we should, that should change how we reflect our actions and the first four verses really talk about um, our salvation and having that as peace and that kind of um, should affect how we live our lives which is what it talks about in the rest of the passage so just kind of zooming out of um, those couple of verses when you look at the passage as a whole it's really important that we understand that this is not 
um, we need to do this in order to earn God's favor, but this is how we should respond because of the way that God has loved us. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, awesome. And then going on from that, Paul makes this contrast about setting our minds on things that are above as opposed to things that are on earth. not on things that are on earth. So he makes this heavenly contrast, really, uh, that we shouldn't be fixing our eyes on the materialism of this world and the uh, now of this world that is not eternal, and that we should fix our eyes on Christ and longing for a a deeper knowledge of him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what Paul's referring to there, that not so much like, oh, God, just take me to heaven. Like, (laughs) oh, heaven looks sick. Take me, take me, take me, take me, because... (laughs) You know, we have a mission on this earth that's God's mission. Um, so it's not so much about longing for just, oh, God, take me to heaven, earth sucks sort of thing, but fixing your eyes on Christ that is our salvation and then going, I, I want a deeper knowledge of him. Yeah. And also while you're on this earth, that your mind should be set on eternity. So that should frame how we do everything. So um, reading this book called Honest Evangelism, and it talks about how the very fact that there is eternal ramifications of um, salvation and stuff, that that should be enough to urge us to go and evangelize. That doesn't mean we have to be on the you know, corner saying you're going to hell, but that means that the people in our lives, if we truly love them, um, if we have our mindset on eternity and the ramifications of that, then we should act on that. We should act um, from Oof. a place of that mindset, if that makes sense. Come on. Hello. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Wow. Nice. Cool. Trying to keep reading further? Yeah. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So again, this is talking about our salvation. Um, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I remember when we talked about being made alive in Christ, that um, it's not saying like you have physically died. It means like you have died to yourself in the sense that um, what Dylan talked about so beautifully in that passage was that you have been made a new creature and your old self has died mm-hmm. and now you are you your life is hidden with Christ in yeah. the sense that you have been made alive with him. Yeah, and also referring to this security that we have when we place our trust in God that our actions don't um, justify us. Rather, we are justified by Christ. Therefore, we are secure and hidden within Christ. Because of his justification through his work on the cross. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And then in verse 4 it says, When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And let's just stop there. When Christ who is your life. So again, it's another call um, by Paul to the Polossians to center their lives around Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's the same call that he's making to us right now, is that we need to center our lives around Christ. And in order to do that, we set our minds on on uh, eternity, that's part of it. And that we set our minds on things that are above. We set our minds on Christ. We set our minds on God. And this, uh, this I love the way that Paul also writes this, that it's like, it's an assumption. Um, When Christ, who is your life, yeah, not, you know, like, oh, yeah, no, a bit like 10%, there, you know, yeah. sort of, oh, yeah, kind of, he is your life. When he appears, you also will appear with him in glory. And that glory a bit is like referring to Christ receiving all the glory. Um, yeah, and that like when Christ returns, we will appear with Him in glory. That will be um, glorifying God because we are in the image of Christ. Yeah, uh, a friend of ours beautifully explained this to us recently. 
uh, he said that because we are image bearers of God, as in we're made in his mm-hmm. image, that we therefore um, reflect his glory because we reflect all the attributes that like you think about God as a lover. We are supposed to reflect his love as his image bearers. Like there is a very functional aspect of that image being made in his image. And um, in the same way that we reveal God's glory, I remember we talked about earlier on in an earlier episode that to glorify God is to make his beauty known in a sense. Um or that's one way of glorifying God mm-hmm. and that God's beauty will be made known through us when Christ appears. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And then we have another one of Noah's favorite moments, the old therefore moment that he uh, <laughs> spoke so eloquently on last time. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, purity, passion, evil desires, and covet- covetousness. Covetous- Covetousness. Covetousness. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Again, Paul then makes, here makes the therefore comparison. Put to death, therefore, Mm -hmm. what is earthly. Therefore, because of all of these things, put it to death. Put to death the earthly things. Yeah, and again, this is kind of what I was talking about at the start of the podcast that I maybe said a bit too early, but... (laughs) That's right. So... Uh, Paul has reminded them of their salvation and reminded them of... Ooh, Hello. <laughs> wow, we've had a lot of those today. Yeah, it's good. It's going well for me. Um, we've had that reminder of our salvation and, and how God has shown his love for us, that we're hidden in Christ. Um, and that should therefore shape how we do things. Mm. So it's not we do these things so that we can be saved. It's that God has saved us, so that should now shape how we do these things. Mm. It's, it's really important to keep in mind. Yeah, this like salvation ah butchered it no no yeah, yeah. <laughs> salvation oh no i've forgotten it you know it salvation oh, equals yes, yeah so our salvation is the result of faith and faith should equal our salvation but also our Plus works. works yeah yeah so the evidence of our sava- our salvation is our works so that yep. causation of once we have been saved it causes you to do things for the kingdom. It causes yeah. you to love God so much that you act upon the love that you have received. So yeah, nothing to do with your works, but the works is evidence of your salvation mm. that um, what Christ has done in you has led to you to a position of reflecting on him so much that it's like, oh my goodness, how can you not act on this? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not um, works plus faith equals salvation. Yeah, that's it. We need to make that distinction. Really early on, I think. Yes. So thanks for that, Dylan. That was good. I tried. (laughs) Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. So remember how Paul was just talking about putting um, our minds on things that are heavenly, um, where Christ is is seated, um, and not on things that are earthly. So now he's talking about these earthly things. Um, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. So these things are not, ultimately these things are sin. Really, that's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. They're, they're earthly things, things of the flesh. Which I think then leads us to what Paul finishes this little section off here, not this section, but this this line off with, is that which all of these things are adultery. Idolatry, not adultery, mate. I literally am <laughs> looking and I cannot find this for the life of me. I'm trying to find the verse <laughs> and I cannot see it to save my life. Oh, there it is. Wow. Um, yeah, so which all of these things are idolatry. Sorry, I was searching for half of there. So basically what Paul's saying here is that 
all of this sin, no matter what it is, it ultimately is idolatry. And I think this is a good point to talk about here because often, well, I know when I heard of idolatry, for the first few times at least, I always looked at it as though, you know, the Israelites, like, whipping up some weird uh, idol or, like, a gold calf, calf yeah, or, like, just thing. some weird statue, stuff. Statue, household yeah, yeah, statue. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, they're cool. Like, I never do that. I, I don't whip up. I don't go home, just crack open, like, a little, like, tissue box and toilet rolls or something, whip up some weird-looking transformation thing and then, like, start worshipping it. But what Paul goes says here is that anything that is put before God or anything that is placed on more value than the gift that God has given us, that is idolatry. So I think that's a really good point that we can look at here is that all of this sin, this our evil desires, our impurity, our lust, our covetousness, yeah, is idolatry because when we do those things, we place them over the freedom that has been given us in Christ. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I also just think adding on to that is they all those things or all sin is idolatry because really what we're doing is we're saying to God, no, um, your beautiful creation is not good. I want to choose my own way. And yeah. really that's idolatry is you're making another God um, or making an image of God, an, a false image of God, and you're replacing it and saying, no, like I, I, this is my God. And really what we do is we make our ourselves our own gods really when we mm-hmm. choose those things we say oh god your way is not the right way i want to do it my way because it makes me feel good yeah yeah cool awesome do you want to keep reading please <laughs> please, <laughs> please. <laughs> wow that was really weird yeah, it was a bit condescending kind of right yeah. <laughs> um on account of these things the wrath of god is coming so god's wrath is coming after sin and idolatry because we've chosen to rebel against him when we are when we have given idolatry now the beautiful thing is that for Christians, as we talked about earlier in the Alive in um, Christ passage, let me just remind you, I'm just going to read uh, Colossians 2, verse 14. It says, oh, sorry, I'll read 13. And you, so that's us as believers, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, so um, giving into idolatry, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So God's wrath has been given has been given to us, except not to us. It's been nailed to Jesus on the cross. And mm. that is the beautiful image of the gospel, is that that wrath has still come for us, but it's come upon Christ. And a great reminder, because I know a lot of the times this is what I was saying, if God's so loving and perfect and all of these beautiful things, why like why why would he be angry? You know, if he's if he's so forgiving, why yeah. why does it still have to be angry? Why does that wrath still have to come upon someone? And this is important when we look at the nature of God and that in his nature, he is perfect. That in every his attributes, th- he's yeah, perfect. That everything he does, yeah, is perfect. Yeah, so his justice yeah. is perfect. Like, yes. It has to be satisfied. Yes. So like, That's where I was going. It's so like he can just, fig- it's like, oh, someone's rebelled against me. I'm just going to forget about it. But no, his justice is perfect. It has to be satisfied. And that, this is where I remember now. Noah used a good image when we were talking about that of a court case where, or this is slightly different, but it's okay, that if I have a speeding ticket, I go before the judge and he goes, you're, da, 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 you're all of these things. I'm guilty because of what I have done of that speeding ticket. He can't go, nah, you can go free. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Because I'm legally bound to my actions that I have sped and I have a ticket sitting before me. But if I stand before the judge and someone I don't know comes up and goes, 
I'll pay a speeding ticket for you. The judge can let me go because someone on my behalf has paid the money that I have owed. Yeah, that justice is still fulfilled. It's just that you haven't had to pay the price, but Christ has paid the price for us. And that makes the gospel even more beautiful, that yeah. God would send his only son to take that on for our trespasses. God is so loving that he put his own wrath on himself, really, when you think about the fact that Christ is God. Beautiful. Awesome. All right, moving on. He then goes, In these you two once walk, duh, <laughs> when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Again, Paul is making the assumption that in these you two once walked, Mm -hmm. that we were all sinful, still are, but we were all slaves to this sin prior to encountering Christ and Christ coming into our heart and working on our heart so that we would be justified. Yeah. Yeah, but now you must put them away Mm -hmm. because of what Christ has done in your heart. Again, it's referring to that action and the causation that has occurred when Christ reveals himself to you. Yeah. Cool. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And I think this is also um, another idea comes out of this. This whole um, thing of becoming more like Christ and putting off these things, these things that we used to rule our lives, um, these things that we would make or we give into sin. Um, Oh, hello. Another one. Wow, we're clocking them up tonight. (laughs) Really, um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to put them off and become more like Christ. And this whole kind of idea or process is called sanctification. Mm. It's just really a big word for saying that we're being made like Christ. So if I'm saying I'm being sanctified by God, really what we're saying is I'm being made like Christ by God. Sorry about that. That's a bit of a long explanation for this. But really what this verse is saying is it's saying that uh, we're being renewed. So it's like, it is a thing that is ongoing. It is an ongoing process. This thing of sanctification and being made like Christ and casting off the old self and casting off sin is an ongoing process. Um, and we're being renewed um, like our creator, in the image of our creator. Awesome. And I think on this point of sanctification, it's really important to think about this because this is something that has really helped me with understanding this sort of process of Christ working on us. Because I know... I used to think, okay, so I'm hearing these things and Paul's commanding that because we've been saved and because Christ has done this for us, now we should be doing these things. These things which are holy, uh, which are good in in their nature. But I'm still sinning. I'm trying my hardest, you know. I'm like truly believing and asking God to work on my heart so I don't sin. But I'm still sinning. And it can actually really detriment a believer if they don't have the understanding that it is an ongoing process and that whilst we are on earth, whilst we are on this side of eternity, we're always still going to sin. You know, we might get, we might be conformed more to Christ or more like Christ as our life continues and we'll start sinning less. But whilst we are on this side of eternity, before we are glorified with Christ in heaven, where he gets the glory, not us, we will still sin. So don't beat yourself up by that and don't condemn yourself because the Bible says God doesn't condemn us, all right? He convicts us of our sin, which should lead us to repentance, but he does not condemn us. So understand that we will still sin. We will, and I know I will, and I know Noah will. Yeah. But I'm going to sin the next Christ is working. Yeah. (laughs) 
Christ is working on our hearts. So trust that that promise that he is going to do and continue to believe and pray that he will continue to work on your heart and make him more like his son and trust that God, God will do that. If that's a promise in the Bible, he will do that. So don't beat yourself up like that because I know so many people do. And when you don't have that understanding, it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. You know, I'm meant to be like a new creation. I'm meant to be free from sin. You know, the, the chains are broken. Christ conquered it on the cross, but I'm still doing this. So like, what the heck? Sin didn't really die then, did it? Yes, it did. But on this side of eternity, we can't, we can't, we can't be sinless. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a really good truth and conviction to, to have. And also notice that Paul says here, um, put on the new self. So that means, so you've been made alive in Christ. So put like, identify with that um and then it goes on to say which is being renewed so it's not like it's so paul says like put on the new self so put on that mindset of 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 heavenly thinking which is being renewed so paul himself is saying that that necessarily shouldn't happen straight away but Mm. there is an ongoing process yeah beautiful cool and then this little section is wrapped up by paul talking about unity when I say this section, I just mean this little bit, not the actual full thing. We still got ages to go, so buckle in, <laughs> kiddies. All right, so here he says, Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, Scythian, Scythian. Scythian, I reckon, maybe. Yeah, go. Could have it wrong, but slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Noah, can you talk about Christ and unity, which Paul refers to here? Yeah, I think really at the heart of this is that gospel understanding of that all of us have fallen short. There is no one who can merit more of God's love. There is no one who is uh, who is worthy of, of any other higher status than a filthy sinner apart from Christ. Is that when you realize that we're all scum, we're all on that base level um, and that Christ has, has raised us and it's only Christ that has done that, then why should I be going to my brother Dylan and saying, you filthy sinner, I'm better than you. Why are you still sinning? I'm not sinning. <laughs> there is no distinction. Christ yeah. um, has raised us all up. So therefore we should, uh, you know, it says Christ is in all. What does it say? Sorry. Christ is all but and in all. So if Christ is in all, then one, we should understand that we're all in the same position of sinner being made alive through Christ and that no one's better or no one has any merit or any status to mm-hmm. say I'm better than you or yep. treat anyone any differently because of that. Uh, but also two, that Christ is the one who's done it um, and that Christ has unified us. Beautiful. Awesome. Cool. Cool. All right. And this is now talking about this next passage. Or just to wrap up that last passage, um, really what it's talking about is this whole idea of sanctification and it comes through centering your life around Christ um, through making him uh, the utmost importance, not giving into idolatry, and um, centering, centering our lives around Christ also means that because we've been poured out of our sin and because we know God's love, that we should then choose to align with that and it should affect our actions ultimately. Mm-hmm. So that's really talking about the past, kind of like this before picture and then this after picture again, how it should affect us. Um, and really we're about to talk about what we should put on, the the attributes of God, like godliness and, and yeah, that kind of thing. Cool. So Paul then says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Cool. Yeah. I think that is just God right there, as in that is his nature. 
like those things. He is holy. You know, he is compassionate. He is kind. All of those things. He's patient. Super, like so much humility if you think about the way that Jesus did his ministry. Mm -hmm. When, you know, God is this eternally ruling, holy, perfect, all of these things. And, you know, he sent his son who was humble and, you know. To give him the wrath that we deserve. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that's that's a really, obviously a massive challenge to reflect those attributes of God in our behavior and our walk of life. Um, yeah. yeah, but also it's beautiful that we can reflect on that is God. Yeah. And that is the God that we serve and that he is all of those things and that he's gifted us with the ability to be image bearers of those things. Um through Christ. Yeah. And also what it says there, uh, what does it say? Oh yeah. And above, sorry. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Oh, sorry. We haven't got there yet. That's all right. No, no. We're, I want to talk about something before, No, no, no. I want to talk about something before that. All right. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so I got a bit ahead of myself. It says, uh, if anyone has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And I think what we were talking about before there, that whole idea of everyone's scum, everyone's filthy sinner. Like there is no, like we have been forgiven and that should ultimately shape how we treat those around us that we should forgive them. Because we should all understand that our own nature is to sin mm-hmm. and that God has forgiven them and therefore we should as well. And he's forgiven us. Like that's a massive challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something I need to work on for sure without a doubt. Mm. Cool. And then would you like to talk about the next bit, seeing you were so eager? <sighs> yes, 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 yes. Um, above, yeah. So we're called to love one another. And that that is above all these things. Love, love binds all those things. So really the ultimate thing there is love. That God's kind of, all those things are expressed through the lens of love. That his love for us was shown. It says in Romans 5 eight. you probably hear me reference it all the time, but God shows his love for us and that while we're still his enemies or while we were still sinners uh he sent his son to die for us Mm. and i this yeah it all stems from love i this wow the fruits of the spirit have been described to me before by someone that they all stem from the one which is love yeah that all peace patience kindness you know all of those things they come from the one thing that we when we think of god like love is usually what first god is love uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's yeah another cool little cross reference there. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I remember someone explaining to me like that. And when you read it, I think it makes it pretty, pretty large emphasis on that being love at the center of all of those things. Uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, above all, love, 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 love. Yeah. Um, all you need is love. About <laughs> better Sorry, that's, that's a classic. Nice. And while we're, while we're just talking about love, what 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 do you mean by love, Dylan? Do you mean like the love that that I have for you, like as my mate? Like what what do you mean that love is? I mean good old agape, God love. That's what I mean, Noah. So agape is the Greek word for God's love or godly love, mm-hmm. and it's the love um, that God has shown us in the sense that we, <laughs> I love it. Uh, in the sense that that while we're still sinners, God died for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that love is unconditional. And it's not... Because if you think about it, if God's love was conditional and conditional based on our on our actions, as in whether I sin or not, then it wouldn't be unconditional. 
God's love transcends that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's unconditional in the sense that no matter what I do, God is always going to love me. Awesome. Really good. That's a great reminder that we can rely on that and that we are so privileged to have a love like that example to us. Yeah. And we should put on that love for one another. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Awesome. Beautiful. All right. Let's take, take me through it. What's oh, wait, you take me through it. All right. Beautiful. No worries. <laughs> Sounds good. So then Paul goes on to say, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Again, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Make Christ central. Mm-hmm. And really also in this passage, um, Paul is also having like a little dig at, at the way that the Roman or the Greco-Roman world was set up in the sense that Caesar or whoever was ruling um, the Roman nation was, yeah, he was like a ruler. He was semi-deified. So he was, he was, he was kind of like a god. And everyone like frothed on that. Everyone loved that idea because it gave them someone that they could rule. And that person would just essentially give them their desires to be powerful and to be loving. Oh, sorry, to be powerful and to be wealthy and to be made this great nation. So everyone loved serving that ruler and making that ruler the ruler of their hearts. Except really Paul is saying, no, 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 no. Don't make that your ruler. Make um, this love which is unconditional and forgive one another. Don't go out slaughtering and trying to conquer the whole world. Forgive one another and love each other be patient with one another and so really it's all about letting christ being central again this this whole idea this 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 broad theme of colossians that christ is central and supreme that make him let him rule over your hearts awesome great and be thankful in that you know what christ has done should lead us to give thanks yeah it should cause us to be so grateful to a perfect god a holy god uh and yet do everything out of thankfulness and with the attitude that it is a blessing. Yeah. And what what is the peace of Christ, Dylan? I think the peace of Christ is the security that we have knowing Christ has saved us. Mm. That we can rest assured that we are justified by him and therefore are loved by God so dearly that we that he would gift us eternal life. That that should really give us the peace. There's nothing really else, you know. What have we left to fear? Yeah. And what what else should give us peace in this life? Like really, you know, I'm not going to feel peace in any other circumstance or meditating on anyth- anything else rather than knowing that... One, the creator of the universe. Yeah, and that I'm not good and I, I can't justify this, yet I am safe in the hands of the creator mm. and the, cr- the creator of the universe, the heavens... And, you know, the person who, the person, the God who created me. Mm. So I think our only peace and our only hope in this life is that we are not our own, that uh, we belong to God and that he has saved us. Yeah. Well said, Dylan. Thanks, mate. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Again, this idea of thankfulness in your hearts to God. Mm. And that and also like thankfulness in your hearts. It's not just like saying mm. like it's it's not just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, but it's thankfulness in your heart. Like it is a heart attitude. Yeah. A living a life that is thankful to God that is changed your heart. Just like we talked about last time, like empty empty rituals and things like that. It's not an empty like oh, you know, 
mum cooks you a fat dinner. And it's like, oh yeah, thanks, mum. Like, then just walk back to your room. Guilty sometimes. Mum's a jet, but you know, a deep, like a heartfelt, like thank you, God. Like, thank you for all of these things. And like, this is. I think I love this picture here. This, you know, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts, and you know, let Christ dwell in your rich. There, yeah, there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and you know, all of this. I think there's a really gorgeous picture of the centralness that Christ plays in our lives, which you know, when we do these things, we can truly live a life of peace um, and a life that can glorify God. Yeah, and also in our relationships, like it talks about teaching and admonishing one another. Now, admonishing means to warn each other, and that's actually a loving thing to do. Mm. Because if I love Dylan, and I can, I think we talked about this maybe early on in one of the other podcasts. If I love Dylan, and he is going out and getting smashed every Friday night, and I can <laughs> see that that sin just has a real big hold of him in his life. That's me. You read me like a book, brother. <sighs> yeah. For those who don't know, Dylan's a massive alcoholic. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. We're just joking. No. Probably shouldn't joke about that. But no, we shouldn't. Yeah. We're a bit liberal when it comes to those things. <laughs> but because I love Dylan, I'm going to call him out on that. And not in the sense that I'm saying, Dylan, I'm better than you and I'm not doing that and you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. But it's saying, like, you don't need to do that. That, Like, Dylan is doing that for a reason and he's doing it to find some kind of satisfaction or gratification outside of God. Now, that's unhealthy for him and I can... T- I can I can warn him against that. Like that's that's part of showing love. And ultimately, that warning and the way we can warn people and admonish people in love is to point them back to Christ. Yeah, it's just teaching. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Like, it's not let the word of Noah Hosking dwell in me richly, so I can admonish. <laughs> like, yeah, it's let the word of Christ dwell in you deeply, richly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, ultimately, if we don't point them back to Christ and the truth of the Bible and the truth of God's word, well, then it's you know it's really just harmful you know you're just attacking me and then it's been like i'm not going to help you in any way i'm just going to attack you and say you shouldn't really be doing this but i have no other reason as to why i'm saying this it's just you shouldn't do this because it looks wrong so let's stand firm on the truth and the inerrancy of the scripture yeah and of god yeah and also remember last last week we talked about the heresy of gnosticism and 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 people searching for truth and trying to find that truth outside of god and remember, it says at the very end, in verse 23 of chapter 2, it says, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So we can we can come up with our own wisdom. We can search for wisdom within us. We can think really hard about our life experiences. But if it is not if, if it is not the word of Christ dwelling in us richly, then it is of no um, value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. There's no There's no real warning there. It's just my opinion about, Mm-hmm. Your actions, really. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Paul closes off this text. It's a nice little one-liner. Bring it home, Paul. <laughs> yes, sir. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Once again, give thanks. Do everything that it would glorify Christ, that we would give thanks to him. And that's a massive challenge, really. Because when you think about centrality of Christ, really, you have to do everything in, the, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord, Je- in, in the name of Lord Jesus. So you, you represent ev- Him. You do everything in the name of, so you're representing Him. You're aligning with Him in everything you do. That is a huge challenge, to mm-hmm. do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
And really that should, I mean, maybe we need to check our hearts. Like where are we not doing everything in the name of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Or if we, if we are representing the name of Jesus Christ and everything that we're doing, um, then, sorry, it's just raining really hard. It's beautiful. And we love the rain. Um, if we're doing everything, oh, I can't think now. Um, if we're doing everything in the name of Jesus Christ, that should be reflecting God's nature. So yeah. where in our lives are we, can we, are, are we not reflecting the love of God? Yeah, so I think that's a, a great check yourself there and check yeah. myself and check yourself, Noah. Thanks, I will do it. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. Noah, I would love if you would um, pray us out. Cool. All right. Hey, God, thank you so much for this time that we can spend together learning about your word. Um, we just thank you that your word speaks for itself, God, that um, that you are challenging us through this, God, um, that you have shown your love so clearly to us, God, that we can have peace in the knowledge of our salvation and that our lives are hidden with you and that you've made us alive, that we can put on this new self and um, we can have that knowledge of peace and we can glorify you and serve you. And um, yeah, God, we just pray that that would that the knowledge of that love would challenge us, God, that it would shape our lives, God, that as we make you central, um, that you would uh, sanctify us, God, that you would uh, reveal to us where we're sinful and where we need to repent. And God, I just pray that um, we would be able to check our hearts, God. Um, We know that we represent you and that we should be doing things uh, in your name. And God, I just pray that that would uh, challenge us and shape how we do our words and our deeds, God, that we might... uh, um, stop things that we need to stop doing and that we might uh, check our words and the way that we talk to one another and the way that we uh, warn and the way that we teach one another and we love each other. Yeah, God, uh, we're just so grateful for your word and we're so grateful for your son and, and uh, what you've done for us through him. Uh, yeah, we love you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, for joining us. It's been a bit of a longer one. Has it? How long yeah. has it been? We're sitting at 42 minutes and 50 seconds, Dylan. Hello. I'm sure there's plenty that we could cut out there, but we'll probably leave it in because <laughs> we love it. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah. Th- thanks for another episode of Bible Study with the Brethren. Don't forget, next week we have our special guest, Woo! Uh, Jay Lee, who's going to come and yeah make us look like a bunch of pansies who know nothing about the Bible. Yeah. So get keen. I'm keen. I'm keen. So yeah, don't be shy to ask a question on Instagram, leave a comment. Give us a review. Tell, tell us you, our tell heresy. Yeah, tell us, point us to scripture where we butchered it. Yeah. We love all of those things. And we, uh, yeah, we're growing just like you are through this podcast. So thanks so much. Thanks for, thanks for everything. Thanks for being yeah, here. thanks. Just, just like, oh. I'm being so, you know what? <laughs> this scripture is obviously rubbing off my heart because a lot of it was about thankfulness. I've said thanks about six You are times. so, so right. Just like, oh, shut it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.